Seems I've thought about this all weekend. To me, it was one of the best kicks of all time from Nathan on Thursday night. Yeah, mate. Um, he he is so cool under pressure, isn't he? The second that they got that penalty, again, being an Eels fan, I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go. I've got no doubt he's going to nail this. But to put it on, like, millimetre perfect, where he landed it on the 40, he knew exactly where he wanted to be, he knew his range, and, yeah, it, it didn't look like missing, did it? No, and... The thing about that play is everyone knows exactly what he's trying to do. There, yep. There's no one. There's no one out of the out of the loop as to the plan. Even Parra, look from memory, I think it was Campbell Gillard. He was going at him like a you know, bull at a gate. Had all of those big long limbs flying at Cleary, and he still iced it. In saying that, Parramatta did eventually get the win. They needed it. Yeah, they did, mate. And and I think as well, it was good for Mitchell Moses to kick that field goal. <laughs> like, you know that. People criticise really easy when it comes to footy, um, especially someone who's a little bit high profile. Moses seems to cop it more than most. I don't know why. Um, he's a very good footballer. I mean, who cares what money he's being paid? Yeah, He is excellent. He'd be top half a dozen halves in the comp, and that's 5'8 or, or halfback. Yes. And yeah, he got his opportunity, and, and he was able to, to get the job done for Paris. So I think it was good for them. I can see them going on a bit of a run now. We spoke about it last week, and... You know, they're a good footy team. They've lost a couple of tight games to, to other good teams. One or two of them they probably should have got away with, but I think that might be all they need now to, to go on a bit of a run and, and win a few. Some news came out over the weekend that the Eels might be looking in a different direction as far as fullback is concerned, with uh, Clint Gutherson being told that they would explore different options for a fullback. I, I don't disagree with it, but to me, if you're going to do that, you'd have to have at least a person in mind as to who you go after. Does anyone come to mind for you? Two of us to check. That's one. That's that was the first person I thought, and then um, I thought maybe maybe Joey Manu. Yep. But apart, outside of those two, uh, there is not a fullback in the comp who's a better player than Gutho. That's that, available. That, that would yeah, that's available. Sorry, that's a, yeah, that's yes. available. Latrell's never leaving Souths. No. Trevojevic is never leaving Manly. Yeah. Um, Pappenhausen's injured. And locked it, up anyway. And it's debatable whether he's better than Gutho at fullback anyway. He's electric, but yep. you know, Gutherson is very he's safe. He's very, very safe. Do, do you think that that's what they're looking for, though? Like, yep. uh, Although Gutherson might be safer than Pappenhausen, sure, he's in, he's very consistent, Gutho. But yep. that electricity that Pappenhausen brings yeah. is probably what they're looking oh, for. Oh, 100%. If, if they can find... Yeah, if, say, a Manu or Tuabasashek becomes available, well, you know you're moving... Because... Left centre is a weakness for Para. You know, Wonga Blake, he's rocks and diamonds. Some weeks he's okay. Some weeks he's really good. Some weeks he's terrible. Um, so you move Gutherson into that left centre spot. If you've got a, you know, a marquee fullback that can come in, and it, it's, it's win-win. But if you don't, well, you just leave Gutherson where he is. You can't move him. Out of those two, you would prefer Manu, wouldn't you? I would, only because he's five years younger and actually playing league at the moment. Um, so yeah, I would prefer Manu. It's interesting though those those two names. Or although two of us to check back to league has been some talk for some time now, and so with Sawali going to rugby union, maybe that 
opens up the possibility of you coming back to the Roosters. But you've got to think, in two years' time, he's probably early 30s by then, mid, early yeah. to mid-30s. I don't know how old he is. What would he be, 28, 29? We can have a quick look at that while we're, we're having a chat. But the, um, the, the, thing with, the thing with Manu is, I know there's not a massive amount of games where he's played fullback that we can go back and have a look at. But every single time he has played fullback, he's been awesome. He Unbelievable. Was, he was close to the best player at the World Cup from fullback. Absolutely. And he's he's 30 now, Roger Torvastacek, so okay. 30 this year. So you're, you're probably you're so, probably not looking at him to, to come back and play fullback in two years. No, that's right. Yeah, um, and and you know what? Teddy's probably the same age, if not exactly. a year younger. So, yeah, I, I think Manu could be the one that they're trying to put the feelers out for. He could be the one. And there's a lot of talk about the Dolphins have swung and missed on a lot of players. And to me, Manu's the guy that they should have gone after there. And the, the I don't know what he's on at the Roosters. It's got to be high, 800,000s, you'd think. But he, I'd have no problem investing your marquee dollars on Joey Manu. No, for sure. I think, um, you know, with the Dolphins, the hammer... So he is a good footballer, and it was you could see that pretty early that he was going to be a good footballer. So, you know, I think they knew what they were getting there with um, with their fullback. But Manu could play five eight as well for them. Do you support the move going after someone else to replace Gutho? Only if just if it's someone that's better than him. Yeah, you know, if there's if it's not someone if it's someone as equal or lesser than Gutho, no way in the world. It's ridiculous. He's the heart and soul of Para. He gives everything he's got. He had a really good game on the weekend as well. That, yeah. that catch that he took was was frighteningly good. And not only on the weekend just gone, he single-handedly kept him in the Manly game the week before as well. Yeah. Um, when Manly were all over him, Gutho got him back in it. So, yeah, I, I just don't think it's a great idea to be replacing him with someone that's not as good. But if it's a Joey Manu or, or someone like that, then maybe you can interest me in it. My younger brother was talking a lot of, over the weekend about you know, the script in rugby league, that there's a script already bought up. And that, that I didn't even think about this, but that was just another one on Thursday night, wasn't it? Parramatta, Mitch Moses kicking the field goal after uh, After he's re-signed, yes. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all the talk around Cleary and what he does and how he constantly ices the game, which he did, but Moses was able to get one back up. Yeah, and we'll move on to Friday night. Uh, Storm, not not fancy good, but it was a win that they needed. They were good enough. Yeah. Um, they... Do we see any improvement in West Tigers? No. No, not at all. And the storm, like you said, it wasn't fancy. It wasn't, you know, they wouldn't have been jumping out of their skin thinking, oh, we're back. Because they did enough to get the job done. That was about it. It was 22-6 to 6 at half time. The game was over. Yeah, it was. And um, and Melbourne, they are, they are good at identifying, you know, when things aren't quite clicking for them, they just will grind it out and, and finish it off, um, you know, playing the percentages. And I think that's what they did on Friday. Why are they so reluctant to move on from Luke Brooks? Because clearly, it's for, for whatever reason, you can say he's a bad player, you can say it's the system, it's just not working. Again, you've got to have someone better. Wakeham is not better than him. No. Dewey is not better than him. So, you know, what, what do you do? And they, they probably don't have any other genuine halfbacks. No. In the, and I would actually argue he's not even one himself. No, he's probably he's probably more a runner than yeah. a you know, an organizer. Um, the the ironic thing is, I actually think him and 
him and Moses would have complemented each other really well as yes. they got older. Like I know they played together at a young age, but the styles that they both play, I think they would have been a great fit. Um, it's not going to happen now because Parra's not going to move on from Dylan Brown. He's just signed a 32-year contract. So. <laughs> <laughs> West Tigers have... It's it's pretty rare that you see this. They haven't gone in on any of their current players. They've gone all in on their coaching staff. Yeah, I oh know. We spoke about so, it. So it has to work for them because if it doesn't, they 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 won't win for decades. They they've, they're going to be stubborn, hey. You know. That. Oh yeah. Because it's not working. No. It is obvious the style of footy that they're trying to play does not suit that the play uh, suit the players that they've got. So. You know, there needs to be an adjustment there and they are not going to move on. So the the three blokes that they've got there, they're all stubborn people as well. Oh, so they're not going to change the way they're coaching or the style of footy they want to play. No. You know, I can see I can see them given, and I know we'll talk about it, I can see them giving Brisbane a fright this week. Yeah. That might be the most ridiculous statement I come out with all year, <laughs> but we'll get to that Brisbane Dolphins game in a minute. I, I wasn't impressed. But... The Tigers will win one game. Yeah, they'll win a game we don't expect them yes, to win. Yes, exactly. They did it two did weeks it, in a row last did year. Did it to Para last yes, year, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and Para were flying. Yes. So they will win one of these games in the next sort of five, six weeks where you just go, where did that come from? And do we know, did Bateman, did he get through unscathed or was there an injury that came out of it for him? I thought he was okay. Yeah, okay. Because he's certainly bubbling along. He's going to have a game very shortly where oh, he yeah. scores a couple and, and sets one up. He's a player. Man. Yeah, he is. Brisbane and Dolphins. I, I, before we get on to Brisbane, I just want to ask, how has it taken this long for Sean O'Sullivan to get a starting job? Because he... In, injuries. He's he's a he's a really good half. Well, injuries. So you think um, at the Roosters when he was first there, he was a kid, he was stuck behind Mitchell Pearce. I think he did his first ACL then. Could have. Then the, um, the Broncos picked him up. He had a full year basically out of action with, with his um, recovery from injury. I remember then he came in. It was actually when my brother was there. And I'm sure he tore a hemi. Come back from that. Did a shoulder. Went to the Warriors. Got injured again. The first year that he's had fully fit and not you know carrying any injuries, he was at the Panthers behind Cleary. Yeah. And the games that he filled in, he actually looked good. So you could see that he was a good footballer, but he just had to have a run injury free. Now he's got his opportunity to steer a side around and, and be the half. And um, the poor guy's done the peck. <laughs> this is this is where it tests the Dolphins, isn't it? This is where we really see the the longevity of a season really kick in now. So they've lost yeah. Felice for a few weeks, which is just outrageous, just quietly. Yep. Um, and Sean O'Sullivan. They're, they're two of, if not their most important players, plus Jeremy Marshall King as well. So he, he's back this week. My opinion is they are right, they're teetering on the edge. So they've got just enough depth to cover what's happening at the moment because the, Katara will come back. Yes. Milford will stay in the halves. Yep. Jeremy Marshall King is back this week. Um, I saw Jennings was 18th man anyway. So he'll fill that space for Tessie New. Edric Lee played for Capras. Uh, Edric Lee stood on the wing for the Capras on, on Saturday. Um, I don't know how, how involved he was, but he certainly has had a game back now. So they've got, a, they've got just enough to cover the injuries they've got at the moment, but it's round four. So, yeah, th things are going to get tough. Just on the game... I thought this game was actually pretty well set up for Brisbane to dominate. 
And to me, the fact that they didn't, and they had, they, they really were lucky to win in the end. They they yeah. had to come from behind in the last ten minutes with a, with a really good capo run down the left hand side. I, I think to me this said a lot more about Brisbane. Yeah, the capo run down the left, the Stags runaway try. So you know, the people getting carried away saying how good he was, and he ran for a hundred and eighty meters, whatever it was. Well, a hundred of them were on full time. <laughs> yes, um, but. Again, they did enough to win, but it was so close with an underman, Redcliffe side. It, it, the atmosphere was unreal. You know, the whole night was set up. It was unbelievable. There was 58,000 people there. It's, the rivalry is definitely alive. It's good to see. But as far as quality of footy goes compared to some of the other games over the weekend, it was pretty rubbish. They got West Tigers this weekend, the Broncos. Look. Oh, Broncos should win. Broncos, Broncos should win by 50. If, if Broncos but, don't win that, then we'll start asking some questions next week. I'm going to, whatever the line is, <laughs> will be interesting because I think Tigers will, they'll show something. I don't then, know why. Then they got, <laughs> I, I tell you what, the next three games, they should win them all, but I reckon they could drop one of them just it, because they're, they're playing rocks and diamonds teams over well, the next three weeks. So they've got Tigers, then they've got Canberra. Yep. And then, Cambrou, they, then they got the Gold Coast. Canberra's in trouble. So the Titans. They're in trouble now too. Traditionally, the Titans have put up a bit of a fight against the Broncos. but And we'll get on the Raiders later on. There's a good team deep down the Raiders, but it is way deep down. And the, the, um, the Tigers, though, they should win this week. Yeah, 100%. They're just 1-17. to 17, Broncos are better in every position. Every position. But they're, they're winning, Apart but they're not, they're not playing well. Yeah, sorry. Happy Carlos. Yeah, he's, yeah. And probably the back row as well. The back row is probably the Tigers... They've got them too, but Cowboys, Titans, cows aren't going great. What an ugly game! Uh, yeah, that was. I put that in the same bracket as the the night before. Good, you know, it was a it was a spectacle. It was exciting. There was a good crowd, but yuck. Uh, Tom uh, Dearden doesn't play, and Titans beat them. I, I watched. I watched this. <laughs> I watched. I watched this game with my dad over the weekend, and we both looked at each other with twenty to go and said, "No one wants to win this." No, and the Titans had lost their two best players, AJ Brimson and Foran, after about twenty minutes. Yeah. What problems are there for the Cowboys? The fact that they weren't able to win this dominantly, and no drink water, of course, but no Nano now either. No He's gone for a fortnight, and they're scoring a lot of points through him. They don't look... Their forward pack certainly doesn't look as impactful as it did last year. For some reason, it just looks slow. Yeah. Do you reckon they're just waiting? Waiting for something to happen or waiting for... Or they think that they'll score enough points to get themselves out of trouble? What do you think? Maybe, but you can't afford to do that. No, definitely not. You, like, you, you look at Para. Like, Para uh, <laughs> a whisker away from being 0-4. That's right. And they're, they're four close games. Yeah. So even a team as good as Para, you can't... You can't afford to just go, oh, well, we'll outscore everyone. And that's why the Sharks, I, I thought, were teetering over the past couple of weeks because their defence was rubbish. Yeah. But they were just happy to outscore teams 32 to 30. So we'll, I know we'll go there in a minute. But again, you know, being, well, you tell you answer this for me because I know what my answer is. So if you were a Parramatta fan and you were a Cowboys fan, over the last month, uh, Cowboys were one from three, Parra were none from three. Who would you have felt more comfortable as as a supporter watching how they were playing? Oh, even right now it's Parramatta. Yeah, that that's why I felt too because you looked at it and you thought they're not playing that bad. They just need to fix one or two things up, and and that none and three is three and none. Yeah. Know? So and, and I know that the Eels still have a couple of tough games to get through at this 
start of the season. I think they've got the Roosters this yep. week. So the, the the tough stretch isn't done for Parramatta. So they could could potentially be one and four. Even if they were one and four, yeah. I would still preface them higher over the Cowboys at the moment. Well, no. we spoke about that 10-game yes. theory this year, didn't we? Where you can't really make too many judgments until it's 10 games in. Yes, and if Parramatta can get to four and six yeah. after that after that 10-game block, I think they would take that right now. Yeah, definitely. Anything more than that, and they, they'll be feeling really good. Absolutely. And with the Cowboys, I... They, I know that we're a long way out, but they can't afford to play like they have the first month. It's been it's been very twenty twenty Cowboys rather than twenty twenty one Cowboys rather than twenty twenty two Cowboys. It's almost like they just had this this block year of excellence, and then it's been almost the same football. If they, if they started like this last year, you would say it's the same Cowboys. This is what people thought they were going to be like last year. Exactly, best game of the weekend probably South and Manly. Look, I'm not even saying this because it's your brother. Uh, I Manly, I Manly were the better side thought, and should have won. I thought Manly would dud it. That, that was a terrible call. And again, the, the theme of the week, the script was yeah. written for John, John Sattler passing away. Um, and how fitting that it was against Manly too. 13 that, and 13-12. And 13-12. Yeah. <laughs> Some really great signs for Manly. I thought a lot of players for Manly had probably their best games of the year. And uh, I thought... Um, Ethan Bullimore was fantastic. Yeah, for Manly. He, he was really good. Brad Parker was outstanding. Yeah, he actually um, he made Campbell Graham miss one on one a number of times, and Campbell Graham's arguably the best defensive centre in the comp, no doubt in the world. And I the forward pass that that'll be the worst decision of the year. It was terrible because it changed the momentum of the game. That's when Manly were on top. They would have jumped out to twelve six, I think, at that point. Twelve six, yeah. yeah. And you just had that. It had that feeling that Manly were about to really start running away with it. Then all of a sudden, the whole game changed. Manly still should have won. They, yeah. they they still should have won. There was a couple of bad errors. You know, Josh Alloyer at the end. That when he's snatching at that pass. Again, you speak about the script. You could just see it coming a mile away. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say in the second half, Manly were up twelve ten. They had two penalties right in front of the post, and they elected to tap and play on. Now, in previous years, I would be all for that. Play on. There's no point going for two. But now with the two-point field goal, do you think we'll see more teams going for two even when they're only up by two? No. No. Because in, in retrospect, it's great. They should have. Of course, they should have taken the two. Yeah. But at the time, what's the value in going... Realistically, what's the value in going up from two to four? And I agree. Um, so, no, I don't think... I don't think it'll change. I think if you're coached that way or you're that way inclined as a player, you're still going to take the two if you'd always take the two. If, if you're an attacking-minded team, you're going to tap and go. It was, a funny, it was a funny game for two teams that aren't renowned for their defense and they are known for their attacking ability. It was, I don't know if it was really good defense, the conditions were a bit tricky, or everyone was just a little bit off. But um, it wasn't as free flow. I was expecting it to be 28-all, not 12-all. Yes, yes. They, they had just relayed the turf not long ago there. Yeah. They spent a million dollars on relaying the turf. So it looked slippery, didn't it? And it heavy. Did. It did. It, it looked all, like, I think Tom slipped in the first set. Um, so it'd be interesting to know when either of these teams play this week. Because I'm a big, you know... If, I don't mind having a pun on the footy. And I'm a big believer in games like that, if it's a quick turnaround, the team struggle. And games um, like the ones last week in the heat, you know, the do- I wasn't shocked that the dogs got rolled. They played in on Sunday Ave in 35-degree heat. Then they had to travel to, to New Zealand. So 
I, I had actually gone for the Warriors in my tips, and yeah, it just didn't shock me. So South play Friday night against Melbourne. Yep. And Manly play Saturday afternoon against Newcastle. Okay, so the Saturday afternoon is not a bad turnaround. Friday, that extra day, heavy legs, emotional toll. Melbourne will beat South. You would like to think so, even though South are at home. I, you, you can you can sense that South. <clears throat> Souths willed their way to a win. It's absolutely. You know, they weren't they weren't clinical. They didn't look sharp. They just they found a way to win on Saturday without being the better team. Yeah, that's right. Some players back for them too would would help a lot if they can get some back this week. I'm yeah, not they sure. still they still had their their whole back line. The attacking side of things was still yes. intact, yes. and their spine was intact. The rest of the back line was intact. Their lock was there. Yeah, they were missing a couple of big boys. I I know we've talked about him nearly every week. I think, but Olakuatu, he's he's really starting to become not only one of Manly's most important players, but almost almost what Kikau went through at, at Panthers. You know, he yeah. he became not only just a really good impact player, but one of the biggest X factors in the league. And then all of a sudden, you wake up that that one morning and you go, oh, hang on, he's really good. He's He's up there with the best back rower in the comp. Yeah, absolutely. And that that catch that he took to score that try, yeah. like it was, it was almost like dunking a, a basketball. The, like ki- was... the kick out scenario, the kick out um, example comparison, is is a good one actually. Very similar. Manly, they lose uh, Cooler now though. I think for about a month, he's uh, done the knee. So um, I think he's four six weeks out. Who comes in for him? Um, Morgan Harper probably. Where's Jason Saab? Is he injured? Injured. Yeah. Coming back from that ACL. Do you think he would play? Yes. Yes? Yeah. He's, he's better than um, the winger Tupolotto. Christian Tupolotto. Yeah, Christian Tupolotto, yeah. Yeah, Saab's better than him. Warriors, dogs, you mentioned it before. You thought that the dogs would struggle after that game last week where it was blistering hot conditions. Are you buying the Warriors as a top eight team? No. No, I, I'm I'm a big believer in um, they're much better than what I thought they were going to be and they're better than last year. So what's the difference? Um, they look like they know what they're doing. They look like they've got a clear direction in how they want to play footy. They probably look a little bit fitter than what they have been. And um, Sean Johnson seems to be fit. <laughs> it's so funny that... When you when you talk about a team and how they've rapidly improved, the first thing that you always say about the team is, well, they're fitter, for starters. Yeah. It's such a basic thing, but why is it that some clubs just just aren't fit at the moment? Leadership. Um, so you'd find the majority of teams will train the same. They've got the same principles. They've got the same... The strength and conditioning coaches have all come from the same background, so I, I assume that most of them train very similar. Some teams definitely train a little bit harder. Some train, uh, some teams will push their players a little bit harder, but I, I think it comes down to leadership, setting an example, and not letting blokes take shortcuts. It's it's pretty remarkable. You you talk about a guy like Tarek Sims, for example. Tarek, he's been at the Cowboys, Knights, Dragons. Yep said that the hardest preseason he's ever done by country mile was down in Melbourne. And it's it's no it's no coincidence that when he was at the Cowboys they didn't have a lot of success. When he was at Newcastle they didn't have a lot of success. And at the Dragons they haven't had a lot of success either. 
So the, there's a there's common threads throughout the league. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't know, the, just going back, thinking about the Warriors, who have they, who have they beaten? Like, you know I, know, I know they're going well and they look better, but they beat the Cowboys and we just had a five-minute discussion on how we don't think the Cowboys are very good. They beat the Bulldogs who they're clearly better than what they were, but they're still not a good footy side. So, you know, again... And they beat, and they beat Newcastle. And they beat Newcastle who, I, I'm not sure what, what happened yesterday, but I don't know, I didn't see that coming from Newcastle. And the tough stretch will come up for the Warriors over the next few weeks. They've got Cronulla this week and then Newcastle again but then they have the Cowboys again I've got a real theory I think it's tough to beat two teams sorry I think it's tough to beat the same team twice in a really short period yep agree so Knights and Cowboys I could easily see those results being reversed yep definitely Um, and and I suppose too teams are starting to to get themselves into the year a little bit also the the preseason challenge I don't know what or how that may have affected um, certain teams. But you never see that many good players and top 25 players playing as much minutes in the trials as what um, teams had with the preseason challenge. Knights Raiders, I thought, when I heard Xavier Savage was out for the year, for, not for a while, for the, yeah. for the start of the year, I thought if they can just be 500 around when Xavier Savage gets back, I yep. think that they could really push for a top eight spot. And probably even towards the the middle of the top eight, mate. No, they are so inconsistent. And now Whiten's gone for a fortnight. The difference between their best football and their worst football is the biggest disparity in the league. Yeah, they they, they could beat anyone when they're flying. They will. They have proven that they can beat anyone. But then they turn around and they throw up the rubbish that they threw up yesterday. Like they beat Cronulla last week and yep. spoke to <laughs> spoke to Hannah at the start of last week and he was really scared about that game. He said, mate, we haven't beaten the Raiders in years for some reason. Teams are a lot, it's bogey teams, isn't it? Yes. It's funny like that. And the Raiders, sure as day, they beat the, the Sharks, did not even look like beating the Newcastle Knights in the second half. So speaking of the Sharks, and again, I know that it's about to come up. We spoke about the Broncos before and how they're travelling, and and last week we had a really big chat about that first 70 minutes against the Dragons. Well, there's a common thread two weeks in a row, isn't there? The Dragons just fell to pieces after 70 minutes. Does that come down to fitness as well? (sighs) Well, fair bit of talk around the Dragons at the moment. There is. When it happens two weeks in a row, with 10 minutes to go, it's either fitness or a give-up mentality. Yeah. And with Ben Hunt in the team, I don't see them being a bunch of blokes that are going to give up or that he would allow them to give up. However, he's only one person. That's right. I really like Anthony Griffin. He's been on my show. His days are numbered. Um, you know, how, off, how often does someone ask you to reapply for your job? And then yeah, apply? I know. That's... So, first of all, they're, it's run like a circus. It's, that's, it's just ridiculous. Although... He, Either tell him he's gone or, or let him coach. Do, could you see Anthony just walking away? Alone? No, no chance. I don't think so. No, he's, a, he's a determined, competitive bloke. He's not walking away from anything. But the thing is, you know, <laughs> this is the thing about Hook. I, Hook's the only person in the past at least 20 years to be sacked from in the top four. I know. <laughs> so, 
So he's just as likely to go on a run at the end of the year. So, something, so yeah, something weird was going on there. He was getting backstabbed for sure there. So, so he could be in a situation where he's he's sacked in the top four two weeks out from the finals. Yep. At Penrith, which was just and, a, and they did only won one game for the rest of the year, disgrace. didn't they? That that just season. A disgrace. Um, the best part about that whole period was when they asked Maloney, could you have won the premiership under Hook? And he said, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. He did too. Yes, yes, we yes, could. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're coming forth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, so he's been in that position and now he could he could be in a similar position here. And I'm not I'm not proclaiming that they're going to make a run for the top four or anything, but he, he might be gone no matter what happens this year. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, there's a lot of rumours out there about, you know, Young, Riles, Hasler. Yeah. Uh, you, you know who we spoke before about after 70 minutes, they fell apart. Is it fitness? Is it concentration? Is it not giving a rat? I don't know. I, I, I reckon they care because you wouldn't put yourself in a position two weeks in a row. You wouldn't try your guts out for 70 minutes, be in a position where you can win a game just to, to give up. Yes. It's weird. And it's not like they're playing, you know, Cronulla haven't been that good. I know Nico Hines was back and he's brings so much attack to them. Oh yeah, I don't know. It's not like they had Penrith doing it to them. Yeah. I really feel for Hook in this situation regardless. And who wouldn't? Because he might be in a situation... Well, let's be honest. He is in a situation where no matter what he does now, he's gone. Yep. So you've seen this with your brother. Um, Take me... Take me behind the scenes. What's what's their thought process at the moment? Because let, let's take Anthony, for example. You know, lost a lot of games in a row at the Broncos. You had the media being absolute hounds at the time. Absolute hounds. They were like dogs ready to get off the leash, ready to go. Yep. What's what's his process in that time? Because I'm sure, I'm sure, even though Anthony would have liked to have kept coaching, I'm sure he could see the writing on the wall at some stage. Um, mate, his was... It was a bit of a unique situation because there was a few other things that were that were going on as well. But the the media stuff was relentless. Oh. Um, there was a lot of a lot of lies and and stuff being made up around the place. And you know it, there was a number of contributing factors. But at the time, believe it or not, I didn't really talk to him about footy. It was more how you going, you yep. know, trying to just have a chat to him. Yeah. Um. So. Look, I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. I'd only be guessing if I tried to say what he was thinking footy-wise at the time. I'm not even talking footy-wise, though. Like, Could you see, just from a mental point of view, and I wouldn't even... Who would blame him if he was? But like, And I'm not saying that Hook is going through the exact same thing now because very different circumstances. Broncos, one-team town, media, relentless, Courier Mail. But, and St. George, obviously, is one of nine in Sydney. Yeah. So, but... Uh, do they just get off mentally, like almost blocking out the rest oh, of the world? Just yeah, but, but everyone's human, hey. So, oh, of course. You know, I think um, it's it, it's got to affect them. It ha- it does. It affects people. So you know, there's probably only one bloke that's coaching that it, that it doesn't affect them. He actually gets off on on seeing other people <laughs> mentally disintegrate and him being the cause of it. And I think you know who we're talking about. Yep. So um, yeah, it, it's it's got to be tough for them. Do you think it was the right decision to take the St. George job for Hook? I, I would argue yes. Yeah. Uh, p- purely for the fact that... <laughs> he was, okay. Not being 
disrespectful to anyone that might be a Tigers fan that is having to listen, but it's not like he was taking the Tigers' job. That's right. It was a it's a good club. Yes, you know they, they got a fairly decent roster. So are they are they underperforming as a roster? So p- people criticise Brad Arthur, right? Yep. I would. I think Brad Arthur is a very good coach. Yep. And I think he. I I think last year, for example, just take last year and every year almost. I think he gets the absolute best out of that Parramatta squad. Of course he does. And that's probably why they're chasing an, an X factor, because they know they need something. Yes. I, I think losing to Penrith in the grand final last year... Is no embarrassment. No embarrassment, but I do think that is as good as they could have gone. Yeah, definitely. The only way that they were winning that grand final is if Cleary knocked himself out in the first minute or got sent off. Yeah, exactly. So, I... I th- you judge a coach by what yeah. they get out of their players. The people, people are really unfair, mate. Like... Anyone to have lost to the Panthers over the last few years, oh. like seriously, how can you bag them? And the only team to beat them was with Cameron Smith steering the ship, and he was never losing that game of footy because he's too good. Yeah. So, you know, it was just ridiculous the amount of um, amount of rot that's been spoken about some teams. So have have the Dragons underperformed compared to their roster? It, that that's a good that's a really tough one, hey, because they're not good. Like their no. roster is not good. Yeah. They're not a top four roster. They're not a top six roster. No, they're probably uh, a team that, with a with a month to go, should be in a position to give themselves a chance to make the eight, and that's what they've done the last two years. That's what they've done when Hook's been there. With a month to go, both years they've been in a position. Now, are you good enough to make it or not? P- people forget a lot too. This is Hook's third year. In his first year, they were coming sixth. Yep. Then the barbecue happened. That's during right. During COVID. Yep. And nearly their entire squad got suspended. And it wasn't just... This This is what crippled them about that suspension. Because there were so many, and because it was during COVID times, they couldn't just go, okay, you're all out for week 19. They had to, they they had had to, to yes, break it up. It. That's right, yeah. Over a month. So while it was a one-week suspension, it was technically a month suspension. It, well, it, it hurt them for a month. They didn't win a game. Yeah. They came to Rocky, looked absolutely abysmal against the Cowboys, yep. who were rubbish at the time, and they were just horrendous. Yeah. So, have they underperformed? You could argue. You could argue no. I, I think you could argue no. Yeah, like where I was heading before was that they're probably where they should be. You know, they're they're in with a chance of making the finals with a month ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're not better than that, but they're not a bottom four side. So at, at the end of the day, as well, most take a look at the top four teams. They've got a, at least at least two spine players who are elite. Yeah, they, they've well the dragons have got dragons one. Have one. Yeah, and the the rest are kids. And it's an argument whether he's an elite halfback. He's an elite player. Yes, of just maybe he's a better version of, um, than Luke Brooks. Yeah, is he a halfback? Is he a five eight? Is he a hooker? I don't know. He's just good. Yeah. So, do you think we'll see that move at some point during the year? Him to dummy half? No, because you've got to have someone to replace him, and I don't think they do. No, they got Amone, but where's his hat at? I, I know, and it's such a shame because he he to me was their most promising youngster. Yeah, over the last year or so. So for him to 
be a stooge off the field certainly hurts them and yeah. hurts Hook. And I, I, I totally supported the clean out that Hook did at the time of, of all those players after the barbecue. He got rid of the Paul Vaughans and Matt Dufty. Matt Dufty's not winning anything. No way in the world. There's a not- reason he got moved on from the <laughs> everywhere. The dogs, he lasted about a month there. Exactly, exactly. And that was the dogs during tough times. So. And, and now, you know, it's funny, isn't it, how every ex-player becomes an expert and thinks that they can coach and do a better job. Have you seen the former... Dragon Center, who's now said that he could come in and fix their defense. Up. I have, I have seen that certain f- f- former Dragon Center, and he was the, um, he was not the best out of the two centers that played at the time. No, that's, that's right. Well, at least he was a good defender, but yes, uh, you know, it doesn't make you a good coach. No, that's right. And it was, you know, what a disgrace! What a disgraceful comment! And it's the exact same. And I know you, I could you know let, where I'm heading. I could let you off the leash here. Old boys at clubs, rubbish. Well, 90% of them, rubbish. Yeah, of course they are. My favourite team is Parramatta. I yeah. love Parramatta. They did a great job of just poisoning everyone and bagging everyone for 30 years. Absolutely. And then we know exactly where else it happened, and, and now the Dragons are starting to cop it. Yeah, there, there's been some people, particularly over the last sort of five years, I would say it's gotten really bad. Where I'm Trying to stay relevant. Oh, absolutely. I I can name you... I, I, won't, I won't name it, but... I can name you one right now that it totally changed my opinion of him. He, he's a former old boy of a club who come out about their coach. And to me, it, the only thing you could try and achieve there was to toxic the air. Yeah, that, that, that's what, that's all they're doing. They're trying to create a toxic environment or trying to push an agenda so someone else gets a job or whatever it might be. But it's just so childish. Like you, You're a grown man. You're an adult. When, when, when do you see... And it's 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 funny success at clubs. I know that Melbourne's gone through a really good twenty years, right? Yeah. So there's barely any there's barely any old players that are going to come out and um, bag the coach, for example. But let's say Jason Riles takes over from Craig Bellamy, and they go through a bit of a rough stretch. Can you imagine like Ryan Hinchcliffe coming okay. out? Well, he, w- he wouldn't do it. Exactly. There, there's so I, I know a few blokes who have played for the Storm over the years, and chatting to one of them, there is a, an old boy that is just not invited to their, their old boys days because of um, t- toxic comment and environment that sometimes are created around this particular person. And um, that, that's the way that they deal with them. That's why they're so successful. They just shut it out. Well, you know, you, you're not wanted. You're not, if you're not going to buy into what we're doing, well, don't come. Absolute. And it's a wonder that they keep letting them hang around because well and that's what the storm don't they just don't tolerate it they won't let them hang around and it's the same as the same as the roosters now i know that these are still successful clubs like it's not like they've been um they've had successful times they're not gone through successful times but it's not it hasn't been two or three years of success yes the roosters have been successful since 2000 and 2000 basically they've yes. made those three grand finals in a row the um the storm have been successful since 2006 Yes. And consistently, you know, the Roosters have had one or two poor years in there. Yeah. The Storm have had the salary cap year. Yeah. But apart from that, they've been in the top eight every year, both of those sides. Yes. And it's... So so as we come full circle now, you get the old boys now pitching in over the weekend at St. George. The board's clearly cooked. Writing's on the wall for Hook. They could do what they did at the Tigers and just make all the old boys the coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, would it shock you if he does get a job? 
Yes, surely not. <laughs> not. That's not happening, is it? <laughs> I wouldn't write it off. Yeah. So, do, crazy clubs do crazy things. Yeah. Hey, Seems, we'll finish with this. What are you looking forward to most this weekend? Surely it's Parramatta Roosters. Para Roosters should be a good game. Paras without Paulo. Roosters are without Manu. I, I think it's. A, I think it'll be a tight one. The Bulldog Cowboys game is probably the one that launches out to me because the the Bulldogs. Are the, what are you going for? The vomit cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can go with the obvious ones. You can go with Storm Rabbits, I suppose. Yeah. But the the Bulls, the Bulldogs, Cowboys. We might look back on this in a month and say, you know, this is where one club made their made their uh, climb towards a top eight spot, and where the other one sort of faltered out a bit. Because if the Cowboys were to lose this, I, I think they're in a world of hurt at the moment. Oh, they're Cowboys. in big trouble. Whoever loses this is in big trouble. Absolutely. Now we don't think the dogs are going to be that good anyway, no. as far as top eight side goes. But yeah, the the cows can't afford to lose too many more. The Penrith Raiders one's interesting. Penrith should smash them, and Penrith need a win. Penrith have only had one win all year. Yeah, wow, it's funny to think about that. Isn't yeah, it? and <laughs> you know, again, same boat as Para. They've lost a couple of games where it's been close games, and they haven't looked well. The first game against Brisbane, that they were poor, but they at least were still good enough to put themselves in a position to be in it. So, you know, it's not emergencies for, for Penrith yet, but... Do you think the bye hurt them? Coming off that really good win and then into a bye? Well, it was funny. The, the we, They started slow, didn't they? Yeah. In that game, and then they come home strong. Yeah. Whereas the week before, um, Manly had, had had the bye, and Manly started fast and, and sort of fell away with 10 to go. They sort of you know, ran out of puff a little bit, so... It's going to be interesting over the next few weeks how the, the team coming off the bye reacts. Absolutely. Steve, it's good to see you. Thanks, mate.